Well, hello, listeners. It's me. I'm not going to introduce this podcast in the fashion in which I started. So if you want to know how the introduction should go, listen to episodes sort of 1 through 10, and then I'll introduce it properly. But I'm kind of bothered. You know, I really can't be bothered. So I'm just going to get straight into this one. And uh, I've just drunk my tea. And normally you hear me slurp my tea or my coffee while I'm talking to you, but that's not going to happen either. Because I've just finished it while I've been writing some notes about this podcast. So, why this podcast? What's it about? Well, it's going to be about eBay. And not eBay buying stuff. About eBay and a piece of history. So, over these COVID times, myself, probably like a lot of you, we've spent a lot of time either browsing the internet and binge-watching Netflix and Bridgerton. Or we've been on eBay buying and selling or seeing how expensive dancers have got because people are, like, selling boats for way too much money. But what do I know? Anyway, while browsing along, I came across Mad Yakka hoodies. And I got myself one of these new Mad Yakka hoodies. Now... Originally, I thought maybe it's somebody selling old Mad Yakka kit. And a lot of listeners now are going to be going, what's Mad Yakka? But all shall become known. But it's not. This is the genuine Mad Yakka stuff from Gaz. Gaz Mad Yakka. I could tell you his last name, but since everyone knows him as Gaz Mad, Gaz Mad Yakka, that's what we're going to call him. Genuine Mad Yakka stuff. Now... Let's wind back the clock a little. Let's wind it back to 1996. There's a shop up Charlie Way called The Chill Factor. I remember seeing the adverts in magazines and you'd hear talk about them on rivers and stuff like that. We didn't have social media then, we didn't have the internet. So word of mouth, and every so often you'd see some really weird advert for The Chill Factor. And it was a pretty cool little shop and you could buy product that maybe you couldn't buy in more reputable, let's say reputable uh, shops. Gaz was always a little bit of an eccentric and you'd buy good quality gear and, uh, you know, it could be relatively easy for Gaz to get in. Bigger shops maybe they won't get the sort of more underground gear, let's call it underground gear, you know, uh, more stylized gear maybe or pieces that were like a one-off or two-off that you weren't able to get now when i tracked him, i mean i've done i've known gas for a while but i tracked him down and sort of chatted to him about it and it turns out that the chill factor wasn't even a real shop it was just out of a garage near his dad's and also the neighbors complained a lot so he had to move into it he got she got shut down after a year which is probably you know right and true and then he moved into another shop, into like a proper shop, shop shop. But Gaz being Gaz, uh, he left the shop one day and knocked over a pile of rubbish, which knocked into like a gas stove, and it burnt his shop down. Now, I say burnt his shop down, I don't know the extent of the damage, he just tells me it burnt his shop. And the reason he nipped out in such a rush was to chat up the hairdressers in the shop next door, so he tells me. But he's quite an ugly bloke, I think. In those days, he had dreadlocks and uh, probably smoking some sort of dodgy cigarettes and stinking of stale beer. 
so I can't see as much of a catch. I don't know guys will listen to this and uh, he's probably going to comment and tell me that's not true but I reckon it probably was. Anyway, from that shop he then went to another shop at Chill Factor uh, and then foot and mouth and various other issues and the shop finally closed down a couple of years later. But during that time he set up a clothing brand called Mad Yakka, Gaz Mad Yakka, and he did clothing which is what he does a lot of now but he also did paddles and his paddles were just brilliant. They were in partnership with another manufacturer, Mega, and they'd do like leopard print. And they have car originally they had car like carbon shafts and then they moved on to Skypole shafts, which is what the brands like Werner and Robson were using at the time. And I've still got a set of Mad Yakka blades and they're sat in India. What Gaz was really good at with his blades is designing blade shapes that were a little bit out of left field. They were a little bit smaller. The length of paddles were shorter. So they really suited junior paddlers. They suited playboaters a lot more, squirtboaters a lot more, surfers a lot more because of the length. Now, he had some really strange design, like butt grooves. But he had some really wicked patterns as well. You could get like hologram paddles, you could get leopard uh, print paddles, probably tiger print paddles. The ones I've got are like a pinky purple marble fade. And he sold those paddles. And I think they were relatively popular for the day. And if you see them around now, they're still going strong. They didn't seem to wear down like the old Werners did. Mine have never worn down. Mine, I think mine are like a 194. And they've never worn down and the shaft is still good. I know that he squashed the oval on the shaft in, a, in his mum's oven. But... The paddles in the end sort of faded away and he, he was left with a clothing brand. And I remember in sort of early 2000s taking a load of his Mad Yakka gear uh, over to Pakistan. Me and Crazy Dave took it over to Pakistan and we had hooded tops and t-shirts and shirts, shorts, all with the Mad Yakka label on. Now this new stuff he's brought out, and I was, I've just got myself one, uh, is a really cool, thick hoodie with you know padding and it's a hoodie you know big fat necky laced uh boot lace ties you know that boot lace tie i'm talking about you know the string that pulls your hood tight nice thick ones of them so they don't disappear up inside you know and it's, it's a really comfy hoodie happy paddling sitting outside it's a bit bulky for taking on multi-day trips but it's a really cool bit of leisure item and i'm not doing this as like a plug for mad jacket i'm actually doing this as a plug for the history of the brand really because it's a brand that a lot of people don't know about and it's very really underground now Gaz is a little bit of an eccentric character and we miss a lot of those in modern paddling and you can listen to previous podcasts and you'll find that out that I, I think that history of paddlers and the certain characters that are a little bit wayward shall we say and we don't tend to have a lot of those maybe now in certain modern times and 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, these characters were sort of part of the fabric and the stories on campfires were part of the fabric of the sport. The sport being white water kayaking. And maybe we've still got those characters, but maybe because we don't discuss things around campfires like we used to, or hear rumours in eddies, maybe those stories are not the same. Maybe they're just not heard the same. Now, with this clothing brand, the Mad Yakka. It's, 
it's quite a strange name, but it comes from the fact that Gaz was quite into his dance music and his underground, I think they call it jungle, jungle music. I'm, I'm more of a country and western guy myself. But he was into his sort of jungle, drum and bass type malarkey, and he got nicknamed by all the guys on that sort of scene, the Mad Kayaker, Mad Yacker, it got shot to Mad Yacker in the end, and it just sort of st stayed. And a lot of his logos on his clothes are actually silhouettes of him with his dreadlocks uh, from 30 years ago. I mean, he'll quite happily tell you now he's gone bald and put weight on, so he looks nothing like the logos. But he, he made these clothes anyway, and over time, the sort of 2000-ish, you know, 20 years ago, slowly but surely, his brand got on national TV. It was just seen at events, popping about, popping around here, there and everywhere, and you'd sort of see it, and the brand grew. And it grew organically, without a mass marketing campaign, without huge sponsorship to start with. And Gaz, when I say sponsorship, Gaz had never really put money into sponsorship. He had given some free T-shirts to paddlers now and then, and probably free hoodies to paddlers now and then, just to get his brand out. But one of his standout events was the 2003 Worlds. Now, Gaz had this, and I remember the event, I, I didn't paddle freestyle at the time, and uh, but I remember reading about the event, and I remember hearing stories about the event. And Gaz used to have these big sort of pirate flags with Mad Jack on, and he, his flag got confiscated from the Worlds because he wasn't an official sponsor. You know, obviously his flag's flying, but it got taken down because he's not an official sponsor. So what Gaz did, he got his Mad Yakka van and he drove it down the, down the road and parked it next to the river, which is probably a little bit underhand, a little bit guerrilla-y when it comes to marketing, but it did mean that the Mad Yakka logo was seen in nearly every photograph of that feature and seen in any video footage because it's right next to the wave. Also, Gaz used to give away... <laughs> I'm safe laughing. Gaz used to give away... Uh, with some of his t-shirts and as marketers sort of marketing for want of a better word he used to give away condoms Mad Yaka branded condoms which he'd staple to flyers <laughs> and uh, I think because he stapled the condoms to flyers I think there's quite a lot of Mad Yaka babies <laughs> or so he tells me but if you look at video footage from the uh, 2003 Worlds you'll, you'll see quite a few condoms being thrown at competitors not used, I want to say, I want to say, blown up with water bombs, that sort of thing. But obviously, the ones that didn't have staples for them. And that was the sort of antics that Gaz got got into at these events. And then he'd, he'd, he'd tour around Europe and he'd sell the stuff out the back of his van or, you know, big parties, big sound speakers. He had screen printing gear to screen print, not just his gear but for, for, you know for other people I imagine and he'd do it out the back of a van or in a caravan or somebody's shed and he'd just go around with his screen printing gear and, and do all this like, kind of stuff but he'd turn up at events in the UK so the Trerian or Scottish paddle events or British canoeing events and slowly but surely he'd get banned from each one because when, <laughs> at these events when we remember back to these kind of events these festival events, and I know it's a long time since we had paddle festivals. There's always a sort of Saturday night party, isn't there? And some of these parties are, are quite, quite civilized affairs with 
barbecues and bonfires and maybe a Cayley band and a slideshow and an electric presentation and people talking about trips and all that sort of stuff. But some of them are quite raucous affairs. I think about student rodeo or maybe some river legacy parties that I've known to be quite raucous. But Gaz took the raucousness to that, the next level. And he had continuous complaints because he'd play his music out of the back of his van after the party finished. And if a party's finishing at midnight, Gaz would keep a party going in his van until four in the morning. And I remember being at events where Gaz is playing like drum and bass type rubbishy music out of the back of his van till four in the morning and locals are complaining and the police are turning up. Which, you know, he's not very considerate of Gaz, is it? You know, because he's just not... And slowly but surely he got banned from all these events. And then he'd go out to the Alps and he'd he'd be a ski bum. And I'm I'm pretty sure at the time he probably ran some underground black market show for surface show for service, picking people up from the airport with his skis and driving them to resorts. He probably didn't have insurance and probably had four bald tires and a cracked windscreen and that sort of stuff. And he sort of lived the life of a ski bum and then he'd come back and he'd be a, a paddle bum selling my jacket to sort of fund that and as times moved on the brand has sort of stayed pretty underground and I'm really pleased that it's come out with this really nice new gear now the point that I'm trying to get at <coughs> without sort of singing Gaz's praises or saying that he was a bit of a, a fruit loop and probably still is a bit of a fruit loop is he's one of those kind of characters that without which the sport may not have developed in the way it did, especially like localised underground sport within the UK. Brands like the Young Pirates uh, over in Europe did very similar things. You know, they handmade product, especially like little fleece hats, and they parted hard at festivals, weekends away, and they were really underground. And we, these local... I want to say cottage industries, but I don't think Gaz had a cottage. Like I said, he's got a garage. And I'm going to guess that this garage he had was probably, if he had not taken it on, it would have been used to, like, flog meth. But we don't have... We've got to say we don't have... The culture around these low... These small, independent people trying to cut a path with much larger companies is really, really difficult. And with the birth of the internet and people wanting things at the click of a finger, and they're wanting to see showreels, and wanting to see high-glossy images, and wanting reviews before they purchase something, because you buy online. Smaller, in, smaller products, especially with the backstories, and the lifestyle around it is much more difficult. Now, I'm not saying it's correct. And I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying it's just. And I'm not saying that people like the Pirates and Mad Yakka, you know, are not are, are right. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying that some of the parties that the brands like that have, I would say brands, you know, one-man bands and one-woman bands. I'm not saying that the way they promoted a lifestyle is the way that we need the sport to progress. I'm not saying any of that. But it's part of the fabric of the way that we develop a sport and the way we develop festivals. Now, listeners, please don't go out now and start, I don't know, 
a t-shirt company or a keyring company or a wallet company and go out and get pissed and go to paddle events and just be a idiot because I don't think that's good for anybody but perhaps it is time now that we do look at how we can change post-covid change the way that our sport is these stories these ideologies of the individuals that are the fabric of what we do that often just get shared now in 30 second clips on social media or three minute videos on YouTube or whatever that may be perhaps now we need to start looking back and having more folk story conversations the conversations that we had decades ago around campfires perhaps after Covid times when we're allowed to socialise again perhaps sitting around drinking a coffee having a beer sitting in eddies, sitting in a park it's time to retell these stories again and put new stories in the mix the times when your friend Billy ran that big waterfall in a club boat with no centre pillars and no footrest because it's the only boat it could get hold of and how he progressed from that nervous paddler to be a world champion perhaps it's time to reignite those stories away from the social media where stories become lost in myth where time frames don't really matter where we look at people in the eddy and we hear their name and then we remember back to a story we've heard about them without piecing together their sponsorship deals without piecing together what they look like in their gear against a social media image perhaps it's just time to live in awe of people that don't have social media or lived lives of exploration and the extreme without social media but it's not really about social media is it all this just me rattling on. Thank you, gang, so much for listening. It's been a good one, hasn't it? It's been an interesting one. I've enjoyed rattling on. I really have. But what I'm really concerned about is you guys that are listening. I'm really concerned about your mental health. I want you to get out and do stuff. And I know you might not be able to. I know you might be looking at bags full of gear thinking when was the last time I used this stuff but why don't you all sit down now and think about the times that you've been off and done stuff in the past the good and the bad what was bad about the stuff that you did before and if you made those same bad moves again would you not just smile and be thankful you could make those mistakes anyhow that's me done. Have a lovely, lovely week, everyone. I'll do another podcast at some point. If you've got any comments, you know what to do. You can bang them in social media or you can stick them in Podbean. All right, do that.